Section 15 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton, Section 15. Two hundred and eighty fourth night to two hundred and eighty sixth night. When it was the two hundred and eighty fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the sweep continued. When I entered that saloon, I saw a person seated on a couch of Indian rattan, with ivory feet, and before her a number of damsels. When she saw me, she rose to me and called me. So I went up to her, and she seated me by her side. Then she bade her slave-girls bring food, and they brought all manner of rich meats, such as I never saw in all my life. I do not even know the names of the dishes, much less their nature. So I ate my fill, and when the dishes had been taken away, and we had washed our hands, she called for fruits, which came without stay or delay, and ordered me eat of them. And when we had ended eating, she bade one of the waiting women bring the wine furniture. So they set on flagons of diverse kinds of wine, and burned perfumes in all the censers. What while a damsel like the moon rose, and served us with wine, to the sound of the smitten strings. And I drank, and the lady drank, till we were seized with wine, and the whole time I doubted not, but that all this was an illusion of sleep. Presently she signed to one of the damsels to spread us a bed in such a place, which being done, she rose and took me by the hand, and led me thither, and lay down, and I lay with her till the morning. And as often as I pressed her to my breast, I smelt the delicious fragrance of musk and other perfumes that exhaled from her, and could not think otherwise but that I was in paradise, or in the vain fantasies of a dream. Now, when it was day, she asked me where I lodged, and I told her, in such a place, whereupon she gave me leave to depart, handing to me a kerchief worked with gold and silver, and containing somewhat tied in it, and took leave of me, saying, Go to the bath with this. I rejoiced, and said to myself, If there were but five coppers here, it will buy me this day my morning meal. Then I left her as though I were leaving paradise, and returned to my poor crib, where I opened the kerchief, and found in it fifty miscals of gold. So I buried them in the ground, and, buying two farthings worth of bread and kitchen, seated me at the door, and broke my fast, after which I sat pondering my case, and continued so doing till the time of afternoon prayer, when, lo, a slave-girl accosted me, saying, My mistress calleth for thee. I followed her to the house aforesaid, and, after asking permission, she carried me into the lady, before whom I kissed the ground, and she commanded me to sit, and called for meat and wine, as on the previous day, after which I again lay with her all night. On the morrow she gave me a second kerchief, with other fifty dinars therein, and I took it, and going home, buried this also, 
in such pleasant condition i continued eight days running going in to her at the hour of afternoon prayer and leaving her at daybreak but on the eighth night as i lay with her behold one of her slave girls came running in and said to me arise go up into yonder closet so i rose and went into the closet which was over the gate and presently i heard a great clamour and tramp of horse and looking out of the window which gave on the street in front of the house i saw a young man as he were the rising moon on the night of fullness come riding up attended by a number of servants and soldiers who were about him on foot he alighted at the door and entering the saloon found the lady seated on the couch so he kissed the ground between her hands then came up to her and kissed her hands but she would not speak to him however he continued patiently to humble himself and soothe her and speak her fair till he made his peace with her and they lay together that night and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the two hundred and eighty-fifth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the scavenger continued now when her husband had made his peace with the young lady he lay with her that night and next morning the soldiers came for him and he mounted and rode away whereupon she drew near to me and said sawest thou yonder man i answered yes and she said he is my husband and i will tell thee what befell me with him it came to pass one day that we were sitting he and i in the garden within the house and behold he rose from my side and was absent a long while till i grew tired of waiting and said to myself most like he is in the privy so i arose and went to the water-closet but not finding him there went down to the kitchen where i saw a slave-girl and when i inquired for him she showed him to me lying with one of the cook-maids hereupon i swore a great oath that i surely would do adultery with the foulest and filthiest man in baghdad and the day the eunuch laid hands on thee i had been four days going round about the city in quest of one who should answer to this description but found none fouler nor filthier than thy good self so i took thee and there passed between us that which allah foreordained to us and now i am quit of my oath then she added if however my husband return yet again to the cookmaid and lie with her i will restore thee to thy lost place in my favours now when i heard these words from her lips what while she pierced my heart with the shafts of her glances my tears streamed forth till my eyelids were chapped sore with weeping and i repeated the saying of the poet grant me the kiss of that left hand ten times and learn it hath than right hand higher grade for tis but little since that same left hand washed off sir reverence when ablution made then she made them give me other fifty dinars making in all four hundred gold pieces i had of her and bade me depart so i went out from her and came hither that i might pray allah extolled and exalted be he to make her husband return to the cookmaid 
that haply I might be again admitted to her favours. When the emir of the pilgrims heard the man's story, he set him free and said to the bystanders, Allah upon you, pray for him, for indeed he is excusable. And men also tell the tale of the mock caliph. It is related that the caliph Harun al-Rashid was one night restless with extreme restlessness. So he summoned his vassar Jafar the Barmecid, and said to him, My breast is straightened, and I have desired to divert myself to-night by walking about the streets of Baghdad and looking into folk's affairs. But with this precaution that we disguise ourselves in merchant's gear, so none shall know us. He answered, Harking and obedience. They rose at once, and, doffing the rich raiment they wore, donned merchants' habits, and sallied forth three in number, the caliph, Jafar, and Masrur, the sworder. Then they walked from place to place, till they came to the Tigris, and saw an old man sitting in a boat. So they went up to him, and saluting him, said, O Shaykh! We desire thee of thy kindness and favour to carry us a pleasuring down the river in this thy boat, and take this dinar to thy hire. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the two hundred and eighty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when they said to the old man, we desire thee to carry us a pleasuring in this thy boat, and take this dinar. He answered, Who may go a pleasuring on the Tigris? The caliph Harun al-Rashid every night cometh down Tigris stream in his state barge, and with him one crying aloud, Ho, ye people all, great and small, gentle and simple, men and boys, whoso is found in a boat on the Tigris by night, I will strike off his head or hang him to the mast of his craft, and ye had well nigh met him, for here cometh his carack. But the caliph and Jafar said, O Shaykh, take these two dinars, and run us under one of yonder arches, that we may hide there till the caliph's barge have passed. The old man replied, Hand over your gold, and rely we on Allah the Almighty. So he took the two dinars, and embarked them in the boat, and he put off and rowed about with them a while, when, behold, the barge came down the river in midstream with lighted flambeau and cressets flaming therein. Quoth the old man, Did not I tell you that the caliph passed along the river every night? And ceased not muttering, O oh, protector, remove not the veils of thy protection. Then he ran the boat under an arch, and threw a piece of black cloth over the caliph and his companions, who looked out from under the covering, and saw in the bows of the barge a man holding in hand a cresset of red gold, which he fed with Sumatran line aloes. And the figure was clad in a robe of red satin, with a narrow turbaned of Mosul shape round on his head, and over one of his shoulders hung a sleeved cloak of cramoisy satin, and on the other was a green silk bag full of the aloes wood, with which he fed the cresset by way of firewood, and they sighted in the stern another man, clad like the first, and bearing a like cresset, and in the barge were two hundred white slaves, standing ranged to the right and left, and in the middle a throne of red gold, 
whereon sat a handsome young man like the moon clad in a dress of black embroidered with yellow gold before him they beheld a man as he were the vazir jafar and at his head stood an eunuch as he were masrur with a drawn sword in his hand besides a score of cup companions now when the caliph saw this he turned and said o jafar and the minister replied at thy service o prince of true believers then quoth the caliph belike this is one of my sons al amin or al ma'amun then he examined the young man who sat on the throne and finding him perfect in beauty and loveliness and stature and symmetric grace said to jaafar verily this young man abetteth nor jot nor tittle of the state of the caliphate see there standeth before him one as he were thyself o jaafar yonder eunuch who standeth at his head is as he were masrur and those courtiers as they were my own by allah o jaafar my reason is confounded and i am filled with amazement this matter and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section fifteen. Read by Lars Rolander.